This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Teresa Wills. Having child care for children to help people go to work is a serious issue in West Virginia for economic development. Workforce development is huge when it comes to child care because we have people who, if, it's, if there's a child care desert, you know, you can't go to work. That story and more coming up this West Virginia Morning. Support for West Virginia Morning is proudly provided by Luke Frazier. The West Virginia Department of Human Services is encouraging female recipients of SNAP to apply for a manufacturing apprenticeship program. Emily Rice has more. Applications are being accepted for the West Virginia Women Work Step Up for Women Advanced Manufacturing Pre-Apprenticeship Program. The DOHS has partnered with Women Work since 2017 to help women explore, train, and secure employment in non-traditional occupations, especially skilled trades. The Step Up Program is a tuition-free, employment-based, skilled trade training program designed to prepare women for entry-level industry positions and registered apprenticeships. SNAP and SNAP ENT clients should speak to their DOHS county office caseworker. Applications are also available online. Visit wvpublic.org for more information. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Emily Rice in Charleston. Some of the state's public schools are not in compliance with a safety requirement aimed at facilitating emergency response. Chris Schultz has more. Passed in 2019, House Bill 2541, titled the School Access Safety Act, requires county boards of education to implement school safety programs that include placing room numbers on exterior walls or windows and providing local first responders with up-to-date floor plans. The plan should be provided by September 1st, but Tony Smith, school safety unit officer, told the State Board of Education Wednesday not all districts are in compliance. We are telling those folks and the superintendents, we got to have those. Those have to be up to date because in an unfortunate incident that we got a hot call on, those, that stuff has to need, be up to date. Board President Paul Hardesty says he wants the names of all schools that have not completed their crisis response plans to be published on the board website immediately. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Chris Schultz in Morgantown. A federal appeals court has again rejected a bid by Virginia landowners to challenge the construction of a natural gas pipeline. Curtis Tate has more. The U.S. Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia Circuit ruled Tuesday that the Virginia landowners cannot sue developers of the Mountain Valley Pipeline for taking their land through eminent domain. The same court had earlier rejected the landowner's case, but the U.S. Supreme Court sent it back for further review. The Federal Energy Regulatory Commission issued a siting certificate to the pipeline's builders in 2017. It enabled them to use eminent domain to acquire property for the 303-mile pipeline. The $7.2 billion project is over its original budget and past its scheduled completion. When finished in the coming months, it will transport as much as 2 billion cubic feet of gas a day. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Curtis Tate in Charleston. On Tuesday, lawmakers on the House Health and Human Resources Committee moved to legalize the sale of raw milk in West Virginia. Emily Rice has more. 
House Bill 4911 would permit the sale of raw milk as long as it is clearly labeled as ungraded, along with the seller's name and date of production. The bill also provides some immunity for the sellers. Delegate Mike Pushkin, a Democrat from Kanawha County, moved to amend the bill to remove that immunity. If they do something wrong, people get sick. They should be able to to seek justice over this. If it, if it's so safe then why do we need this this line in the bill? After some debate, Pushkin's amendment was rejected. The House committee sent the bill to the House floor for consideration by the entire body. For Appalachia Health News, I'm Emily Rice in Charleston. Appalachia Health News is a project of West Virginia Public Broadcasting with support from Charleston Area Medical Center and Marshall Health. West Virginia lawmakers are calling for more oversight into the activities of several state agencies. Randy Yowie has more. House Bill 5337 would establish the Legislative Oversight Committee of the Division of Corrections and Rehabilitation. This corrections bill joins other legislative oversight committees, now active or proposed, in health, highways, education, water, workforce development, and more. House Majority Leader Delegate Eric Householder, a Republican from Berkeley County, says the advancement of oversight committees does springboard from ongoing challenges facing a variety of state agencies. I think our constituents are asking for better and uh, more transparency and good government. And uh, anytime that we have the opportunity to offer more transparency and good government, we should do it. This latest oversight bill goes to second reading today. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Randy Yowie in Charleston. A potential school shooting in Cabell County may have been thwarted last week. Tony Smith, an officer with the school safety unit, told a state board of education Wednesday a student had a state had a manifesto and a list of students and administrators he planned to kill. Jason Spears, Cabell County prosecuting attorney, confirmed to West Virginia Public Broadcasting that the incident is under investigation, but declined to comment further due to the ongoing nature of the situation, as well as the involvement of a minor. This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Teresa Wills. It's 750. Partly sunny and breezy today. There's chance of afternoon rain, high temperatures in the 50s and low 60s. Mostly cloudy skies tonight, lows in the 20s and 30s. Cloudy tomorrow with a slight chance of rain, highs in the 40s and 50s. Support for WVPB is provided by Ziegler and Ziegler, attorneys in Hinton, marking 50 years of providing legal services for the people, businesses, nonprofits, and public agencies of West Virginia. Leaders from both sides of the aisle have declared that child care for the working men and women of West Virginia is a priority for economic and workforce development. So far, there has been plenty of talk, but little legislative action. 
Randy Owey spoke with Delegate Joey Garcia, a Democrat from Marion County, and Delegate Evan Worrell, a Republican from Cabell County, to explore the issue. Delegate Worrell, let me start with you. You're chair of the House uh, Workforce Development Committee. Now, Speaker of the House Roger Hanshaw has said that when these new businesses that are coming into West Virginia, the first thing they ask about anymore is not education, it's not roads, it's child care. And there's a number of bills that I've seen that were presented uh, to deal with child care, yet I don't see a whole lot of them coming to light yet. What's going on? Yeah, so Randy, first of all, you're right. Workforce development is huge when it comes to child care because we have people who, if if there's a child care desert, you know, you can't go to work, right? So we've seen that. We have the data that shows that. And you're right. There have been a host of bills, I think six bills that we've looked at uh, introduced in the House. And there's been a lot of stakeholder meetings at play. That's been a big deal. We want to make sure that everybody has a, has a voice, has a say in the process. So that's held up things a little bit. Um, but obviously, we're also trying to fit money into the budget, right, for child care. It doesn't come free, right? And so we need to make sure that we're looking at the parents, the providers, and also for workforce development. And it comes at a cost. And so I think while we're seeing some movement, part of that is how do they fit in the pieces of the puzzle, right? For example, enrollment versus attendance, a very big deal. Been going on for over 20 years since I just told you I had my children in daycare. And we're going to see it on the House Health Agenda tomorrow. So we'll be discussing that tomorrow afternoon. Once it's passed, it'll be referred to the Committee on Finance, where they can take, hopefully, that cost and fit into the puzzle of the state budget. Delegate Garcia, we heard in one of the recent Democratic press conferences that that was a priority of yours, and you were concerned that things weren't moving along fast enough. Yeah, I I think, you know, we are at, what, day 35, 36. I mean, we don't have that much time left. We have till day 50 to try to get bills through the House. And especially when bills have two committees that they've been referred to, uh, it's important that we get these bills moving. And and I I have some hope. And I think, again, this is a this is a bipartisan effort. That's right. And I really think that there from the speaker down, there are people uh, throughout the legislature that believe that this is it should be almost the priority right now. Everybody talks about workforce and you can't have workforce improvement for many people unless you solve the problem of making sure they have access to quality and affordable childcare. And I think a lot of these bills, you know, I think it's almost like four uh, parts of, uh, uh, or legs of a chair. I mean, you gotta have stability, right? You have to make sure that we have these childcare providers that can continue to do what they do. You have to have increase in access, which means we have to recruit more workforce because the, the, if we have one, um, child specialist, that means we're going to have six more uh, children that have access in normal situations. We've got to improve the quality. And again, we have bills that would, inc- uh, would provide for tax incentives, both, both for employers and for individuals to try to make sure they can actually get that. Well, let's talk tax incentives first. I know we passed a bill last year that kind of, if, if I read it right, the bigger corporations get a 50% tax credit on what they build and how they, or, or how they operate it. Correct. Uh, that leaves out the, the regular Joe Jane families and the smaller businesses. Uh, what do we have to address them? Yeah, so first of all, we're going to see that tax credit expanded to 100% this year. I think we're going to see that through a bill. But then also other tax credits for the smaller businesses that are providing the child daycare centers as well. So this isn't a one, uh, you know, one approach. It's multifaceted. We're also not going to fix this problem overnight. But we do address the fact that it is a priority and we're going to make sure we get things done. But I think what's exciting is that we do see tax credits incentives for small businesses and some other bills. Uh, but once again, we're also looking at the actual employees and the parents as well. It has to be affordable, has to be quality, as Delegate Garcia said. 
And I think at the end of the day, some of these bills are, are going to really make a difference. And I, and I spoke with child care advo advocates today. As you know, today was Child Care Advocacy Day. And, um, you know, we all are in agreement that these are things that are going to help and move the needle to make things better for West Virginians. Because I, I spoke to them as well today, and I found out the cost of a yeah. year's child care for an infant is the same as sending a person to a year's tuition at WVU or Marshall, about five grand. Yet, $5,000, excuse me. But the governor's proposal of $1,000 per year, I mean, that just doesn't even scratch the surface. Well, and, and I think, number one, we have to start somewhere. And I, and I think that's where we are right now. At the same time, I've talked to many people uh, who have discussed going into the workforce or leaving the workforce because they have children that they have to put into child care if they're going to work. And, and, and this is one of the main things we've talked to child care providers about is when they need the workforce to actually improve access, many of those individuals they have to have some place for their children to go. And so I think one thing that we are looking at, too, is providing for uh, that their child care would be covered. Yep. And that's a, that's a huge part to attract people that otherwise would say, hey, it makes more sense to stay home. But then when, it, when you go to uh, the situation where, again, it's, it's 1,000, maybe out of 5,000, we have to really think about that mm -hmm. and what that means. Because if it's an economic decision that I'm not going to go to work, that, that is completely different than some of the criticism that you hear about people not wanting to work. Correct. It's that it does not make sense for them to work. That was Delegate Evan Worrell and Delegate Joey Garcia speaking with Randy Yowie about issues relating to affordable child care in the, in the state. To hear the rest of that conversation, visit our website and tune in every weeknight at 6 p.m. for the legislature today. West Virginia Morning is a production of West Virginia Public Broadcasting, which is solely responsible for its content. You can keep up with the latest West Virginia news throughout the day on our website, wvpublic.org. Support for our news bureaus comes from Shepherd University. West Virginia Morning is produced with help from Bill Lynch, Brianna Heaney, Chris Schultz, Curtis Tate, Emily Rice, Eric Douglas, Jack Walker, Liz McCormick, and Randy Yowie. Eric Douglas is our news director, and he produced today's show. I'm your host, Teresa Wills. This is West Virginia Morning. <music>